Hello and welcome to The Personal Investor. I'm Ed Monk. Today on the show, we're digesting the latest market movements after the government reversed its tax plans in order to reassure investors. Has it worked? And then, is it better to be too early or too late to a market recovery? We're mulling the pros and cons of betting on a rebound in stock markets. If you enjoy the show, please rate us, share us or leave a comment wherever you get your podcasts. We are on our fourth Chancellor of the Exchequer in as many months. Jeremy Hunt is the latest incumbent at number 11 Downing Street, and he has one task above all others, to reassure markets after the turmoil sparked by the government's radical tax-cutting plans announced less than a month ago. Those plans have, for the most part, been completely reversed. So, is that enough to give markets the confidence they need? To discuss it, I'm joined by Tom Stevenson, Investment Director here at Fidelity. Uh, Tom, welcome along. Um, We're also today going to be talking about the prospects for recovery in the stock market, but we couldn't really begin anywhere else than with the goings-on in Westminster this week. Tell us what the new Chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, has been up to in these first few days of his time in the job. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's been very busy. Uh So uh, he was appointed last Friday uh, after Kwasi Kwarteng uh, was uh, relieved of his responsibilities by by the the Prime Minister. On Sunday, uh, Jeremy Hunt was um, was at Chequers with um, the Prime Minister uh, discussing the complete dismantlement of uh, essentially the whole. Uh, government economic program. So uh, it's been the most extraordinary three weeks. Um, and uh, essentially, we are back where we started. The uh, the, the mini budget has been um, picked to pieces. Um, almost everything, almost every measure announced in the, uh, in the mini budget has been um, reversed. Um, there are a couple of exceptions. There were a couple of uh, measures which had already gone so far through the parliamentary process, stamp duty, national insurance, uh, that it was decided to, to leave those. But essentially everything else, corporation tax, um, uh, the basic rate of income tax, the higher rate of income tax, um, even the energy price cap um, has been um not exactly reversed, but certainly scaled back uh, significantly. So essentially what Jeremy Hunt has attempted to do is to reassure uh, very skittish markets uh, to let them know that a kind of normal service has been resumed. The grown-ups are back in the room, uh, if you like. And I think, you know, he's been as successful as he could have hoped to be. Um, The market reaction... Uh, to his announcement uh, uh, yesterday uh, was 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 reasonably positive. Yeah, yeah. And let's remind ourselves some of why this was all necessary. What were the the consequences of the higher yields on government bonds, which have been closely watched these past few weeks, but also the weaker pound, higher swap rates for mortgages? What was the government trying to uh, reverse from those reactions? Well, essentially what happened with with the mini budget was that the, the markets voted with their feet. Um, uh, they uh, they sent the pound uh, falling uh, into free fall, essentially, uh, almost down to parity with the dollar. Uh, they sent gilt yields uh, soaring. And gilt yields are very important because they are the, the underpinning of uh, uh, 
A, the cost of borrowing for the government, which is really important when the government is very heavily indebted, but also um, uh, borrowing for the rest of us, um, for, for mortgage rates, for, um, for um, uh, company um, uh, borrowings as well. And so when I said earlier on that we're kind of back where we were uh, a month ago, that's almost true, but not quite true, because essentially what's happened is that um, gilt yields, which rose very sharply in the wake of the, uh, the, the mini budget, fell back um, reasonably strongly on, uh, on Jeremy Hunt's um, uh, announcement yesterday. But I think it's really important to remember that they are still significantly higher than they were before the mini budget on the 23rd of September. So 30 year gilts were yielding 3.75% then. They're, today they are yielding about 4.4%. Now that's less than the 5% that they reached um, after the mini budget, but it still indicates that the markets are demanding a premium, a risk premium for investing in UK assets for lending to the UK government. And that essentially is um, uh, a, a premium that reflects a lack of trust in, uh, in the government, a lack of credibility in the government's uh, economic policy. And it has, and it's a, has a real impact. If the government is having to pay 0.6 or 0.7 of a percentage point more for their borrowings over a period of 30 years, that's a lot of hospitals that won't get built. Yeah. That's a lot of roads that won't get filled in. Um, that's a lot of nurses and teachers that that that, that won't be hired. So you know, it's it, it's tempting, I think, to look at this as just a financial market issue yeah. that's that's divorced from the real world. But it absolutely isn't. What's happened over the last three weeks uh, has been incredibly damaging. Uh, for the country and Jeremy Hunt has really just started to try and rebuild credibility but credibility is very difficult to gain and it's very easy to lose oh yeah and, and I, I've been thinking a lot about that market reaction that we've seen in the past few weeks and it's almost you feel like it's going to be studied you know in the future in yeah. the, the sort of we've heard so many analogies and comparisons about what the market is thinking and behaving like in these moments the one I think I like is is that it's like um a piece of elastic you know you will stretch a long way um and you can stretch it a long way and it will bounce back and it will bounce back but if you snap it if you go too far you'll never quite get that elasticity back again i think that's probably yeah. what you're talking about yeah. and and there's been lots of comparisons with or lots of referencing of the period following the financial crisis that was a, that was a period when there was lots and lots of attention on deficits and the debt debt to gdp all these all these measures that we became very familiar with in those years and the fear was that the market would have its extreme reaction it would lose faith it never truly happened back then mm. um this time it sort of it sort of did happen and and we've gone over exactly what the market was probably thinking um but i think in those first few hours and days it was all about interest rate expectations they clearly the markets clearly thought what the government was doing was going to be inflationary, fiscally loose policy, which was ne negating the Bank of England's monetarily tight policy. Mm. They didn't like what they saw. Jeremy Hunt's tried to change the mood music to say, no, we're now in a fiscal tightening phase, higher spending potentially. We're going to have to see what comes in terms of those spending cuts, but less spending, higher taxes, or, or at least not tax cuts, 
that's just stage one, isn't it? In in reassuring markets, it's probably going to take a lot of time. Uh, you know, when when you know sensible decisions are made before the market gets that sort of robustness back again. Yes, and 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 I mentioned that that uh, uh, that risk premium that's a, that's uh, attached to uh, the cost of borrowing uh, for the government. The other element to this, which is completely self-inflicted, um, and and you know we you know we shouldn't dismiss, is that rebuilding credibility is probably going to involve the government being fiscally tighter than they would have otherwise yes. had to be. So what that means, you know, the, the Jeremy Hunt has, has, has already signalled that on the 31st of October, uh, he's going to have to announce um, uh, spending cuts, tax rises, things which otherwise would not have been essential but they are now in order to rebuild credibility yeah. and what that means in the real world is that you know if we're going into recession and you know i think that's 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 not an unrealistic expectation that we are going to go into recession uh, in the next few months it's probably going to be a deeper and a more protracted uh, recession than would otherwise have been the case yeah and just finally on this topic tom before we move on i mean that 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 prospect of recession i guess what what the the logic of what the government is now saying and what the Bank of England is saying is that yet yeah, we need to slow well they don't want to slow growth but slow growth is going to be a consequence of taking inflationary pressures out of the economy that's what they that's what they're trying to do and so there probably would be a recession under those circumstances as you said but the point is i guess that the pain along the way will be a little bit less. I mean, we've all read about the mortgage rates going up and what that's going to do to people's monthly finances. The pain of that should be a bit less. Now we've seen interest rate expectations come down. There might be a recession, it might be nasty, but then people will be in a better position to recover. Yes, that's right. I think that uh, I think that we're in a better place than we were last week. Um, I think that, um, you know, as, as Jeremy Hunt said, uh, he faces what he described as some eye-wateringly difficult decisions over the next couple of weeks and and thereafter. Um, uh, you know who would who would do that job? Who would do any of these jobs? Yeah. Frankly, uh, he's he's got some very difficult decisions to make. Uh, but I think uh, you know we're we're we are in a better position than we were. We're heading in the right direction. Okay. Well. Uh, I have absolutely no doubt that we're going to be talking about the UK political scene more in the weeks ahead, Tom. But for now, let's leave it there and move on to our second topic of discussion this week, which is the prospects, the uh, slightly sunnier prospects of a, of a market recovery. Um, Tom, you've written this week about whether it's better to be too early or too late to a market bounce. A market bounce, by the way, that we haven't really seen yet. But um, what did you have to say on this whole topic? Yeah, so I was just, uh, I was really sort of considering where we are in, in terms of the market cycle. And, you know, we are nine months into uh, a bear market. Um, the, the, the US stock market um, peaked at, uh, the, the S&P 500 peaked at 4,800 at the beginning of the year. We're currently sort of between 3,500 and 3,600. It feels like um, you know, we have we are heading towards a kind of textbook uh, recessionary uh, bear market, which tends to be of the order of a 35 percent 
pullback historically that's that's what's tend to happen so we're we're in the high 20s now so you know i it i just it got me thinking you know how close are we to the bottom and you know at what point should we start thinking about positioning ourselves for a recovery uh, in in the stock market and 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 we always talk about um market timing in a in a in a, in a negative way we say market timing is is difficult and they, and that's because it is you are never going to catch the the absolute bottom of the market so by definition you're going to be a bit early um if you're positioning for recovery or you're going to be a bit late so i asked myself the question which is better is it better to be a bit early uh, or is it better to be a bit late and and the conclusion i came to is that for psychological reasons it's probably better to be early and the reason i say that is because if you um if you start buying back into the market you start increasing your exposure to the stock market before we reach the bottom then by definition you're going to lose money in the short term no one likes to do that but the positive aspect of that is that when the market does bottom you're going to be fully invested and you will uh, participate in the full recovery if you wait for confirmation from the economy and from the market that we have hit bottom and that things are improving you have to make a second decision which is i'm now going to get back mm -hmm. into the market and you're doing that against a backdrop of the market rising and the temptation is always to think I've missed out on that rise. I'm just going to wait for maybe the market pull to back pull again. back a little bit yeah. so I get a better opportunity to get in. And of course, it doesn't. It keeps going and you keep kicking yourself and thinking, I'm just going to wait for it to pull back. And before you know it, a large proportion of the recovery has passed you by and you have sat on the sidelines and you've missed out completely. So I think that you know, from a psychological point of view, it is much better to take the pain early, to get in a bit early and to be fully invested at the bottom rather than to miss the rally, which is what most uh, investors tend to do. Yeah. And, and, and that's understandable, isn't it? Because we're, we're in market conditions like this and, and, and you investing or increasing exposure in the way you, you talk about there, th that's an active choice that you have to make. But you have to sort of understand that by not making that choice, you are also making a, a different choice, mm. which is that you're you're not gonna you're not gonna be participating in the market potentially when that when that recovery comes. Um, it, the hard thing is that it does feel really difficult to do it because investing money when you can almost half suspect that you'll probably lose money. Yeah, yeah, that's a very very dif difficult hurdle to overcome yeah it requires you to take a long view and to say and to and to really make an assessment of of what the odds are of uh, a decent return and you know almost by definition uh, the odds of a of a of an acceptable return from your investments when the market has fallen by 27 28 percent as it has now almost by definition the odds are much better uh, for you, so you have to accept that you know you're not going to hit the absolute bottom of the market. Doesn't matter, yeah. you know. In five years' time, in ten years' time, when the market has has, has moved ahead, hopefully, I'm sure it will. Um, it won't really matter whether you got in at three thousand four hundred or three thousand two hundred. You mm. won't even remember that, but you will be conscious of uh, of missing out on that recovery from say 3200 to 4200 if that's how long it takes for you to get back in yeah that will make a big difference and, and clearly you know the, the the correct thing to do uh it can't be known really until we know what's happened in the future and what 
stock markets and bond markets have done. Yeah. So what what is your reading of, of where those markets are, Tom, and where they might be, um, you know, this time next year? Why are you optimistic, or are you optimistic, that that this could be actually in time seen as being a very good time to invest? Well, uh, I am much more optimistic than, than I was. And the, the, the reason for it, and, and I think we've kind of discussed some of these issues um, uh, in, in the past, but there are two main elements to the valuation of the stock market. Let's, let's stay with shares for the, for the time being. You know, they are the valuation multiple and they are the earnings on which that multiple is, is, is applied. And what we've seen over the last nine months is we've seen a really pretty dramatic reduction in the multiple of earnings that investors are prepared to pay. So beginning of the year, uh, the market was valued at about 23 or 24 times expected earnings. It's now valued at about 15 or 16 times expected earnings. That's a very significant retrenchment. So it feels to me like the valuation side of the equation has really reset itself. What we haven't yet seen is uh, a, a significant pullback in earnings per share for, for, for companies. Uh, and that's why um, the, the earnings season, which we're just beginning, we're about a week into earnings season, is so important. Because if earnings season can deliver results which are as good as or even slightly better than expectations then I think the market can absolutely stabilise uh, where it is because we've had this uh, uh, reduction in, in valuation multiples. And so far, and we're only a week in, it's a relatively small number of companies that have announced so far, but so far the results look a bit better than, than, than people feared. Yesterday, um, the, the US stock market rose by... 2.7%. The Nasdaq was up by 3.4%, I think. Very significant rally. And what it, um, and, and the, the driver of that rally was essentially results from the Bank of, Bank of America. And what Bank of America said was the, 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 the evidence that they were seeing was that the American consumer was much more resilient than they had feared. That uh, American consumers are, are accepting higher prices they're accepting uh, higher interest rates and they're still spending and um that's that's a very encouraging start to result season and and, and obviously we it remains to be seen whether that is followed up by um similarly encouraging results from more consumer facing businesses um in the retail sector yeah. for example uh, we'll see in the next in the next few weeks but i really think that if uh, those results do come through as they look like they're coming through, then we may be close to finding a bottom for, for the market. Well, that will be music to lots of people's ears, Tom, should it uh, come to pass. But um, uh, look, for now, that is all the time we have. So uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Ed. Please note that the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may get back less than you invest. Investors should note that the views expressed may no longer be current and may have already been acted upon. This information is not a personal recommendation for any particular investment. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to one of Fidelity's advisors or an authorised financial advisor of your choice. Overseas investments will be affected by movements in currency exchange rates and investments in emerging markets can be more 
volatile than other more developed markets. Reference to the specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Tax treatment depends on individual circumstances and all tax rules may change in the future. Withdrawals from a pension product may not be possible until you reach age 55, 57 from 2028. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipients. This podcast is meant only for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or a solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation.